0: Here we go.
1: Neutron proton mass defect. Lyrical oxidation. Your irrelevant mass spectrograph. Your electron volt. Atomic energy erupting as I get all open on beta trons, gamma rays. Thermal cracking. Cyclotron. Any and every mic you're on. Transguradium. Your if you're always
0: your radium, Molecule Molecules. Combustion. Pow. Law of death. proportion. Gain. Ink anyway, weight. I'm every element around.
1: So my name is Jahaira Sierra Sastre. Um, I am a
0: material scientist and educator by training. Actually, during your talk, mm-hmm. so your current job, you are working for Bureau of Engraving and Printing, and Correct. you like brought out a, a hundred dollar bill, which I was worried for you. I was like, oh no, don't don't carry all that cash around when you're like. But anyway, <laughs> so you brought it out and you said that you basically are in charge of the security, like the strip in the b- bills, and like making something that's very hard to reproduce but also easy to use. Correct, correct, yes. So I am a scientist
1: at the Bureau of Engraving and Printing. I joined the agency in 2014. Prior to that, I was teaching at uh, State University of New York at Corland and... Before teaching I, I was part of the high seas Mars Analogation that we, we we'll get a chance to talk more about. Yeah, that. which is an awesome story. <laughs> I loved all your
0: pictures from like being in the simulation yeah. of, of you know Mars for four months. Mm-hmm. Four months or three months? Four months. Four, four months. months. Four months, right. yeah. But yeah, since two thousand
1: fourteen I have been working at the bureau. This mm-hmm. is a bureau of the department US Department of Treasury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am part of the Office of Technology Development. So I am part of a team of scientists working on the future technologies that uh, we will be incorporating in notes to make them more durable, more secure.
0: Right. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about things that people are not seeing right now. This is kind of... I mean, kind of secret, right? Like no one really knows what you're doing yet because if they did, then they could reproduce it.
1: Correct, correct, <laughs> correct,
0: correct. Yes, yes, yes. Which is kind of awesome. It's very, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 36 and I was around with X-Files and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> this idea of being a scientist, but also working for the government and having some secrecy around it is very appealing. Yeah,
1: a, a lot of people find it very interesting, yeah. uh, adventurous, right? Yeah. To some extent. But yeah, we are we are serving a mission uh, as, as I. Uh, with the audience yesterday, Um, if I think about in in the grand scheme of things, I am a scientist that is helping protect U.S. economy by developing technologies that will make our bills, our Federal Reserve notes uh, secure, not just here in U.S., uh, because many people may not know, but two-thirds of the money that we manufacture at the Bureau of Fingering and Printing, two-thirds of U.S. currency is used Outside the right, United States. Right, it's used abroad. It yes, yeah. Outside the United States. So we are trying to find those technologies that uh, will increase the security of our currency. Uh, but these technologies need to be technologies, as you mentioned, that the general public will be able to use to authenticate the, no- the notes, to determine whether or not that uh, note is real right. or is, uh, you know. And so we are thinking about it, it's, it's a complex Problem when we think about it in the sense that we need to have in mind when we develop these technologies as a material scientist, right? So with a very like strong technical background, I in this type of job, I need to have the user in mind. Right. Um, so that's why uh, the work that I do is at the intersection of material science, but also human factors, uh, cognitive ergonomics, because Basically, we have a technology, and humans will be interacting with that technology, and humans will be perceiving that that technology, and making some ju- some judgments. Right. So, when we think about you know having people from different backgrounds and people you know in many different countries that trust the U.S. currency, right? Um, we need to keep in mind that, yes, we, we need to have the user in mind when we develop these technologies.
0: So, yeah. So, mm-hmm. our, our listeners are, you know, from very young to mm-hmm. people who are older than me. So, mm-hmm. I, I think, I don't know if you remember when we were younger, we had the pen But you know, when you, there was like a $20 bill or a $50 bill or a $100 bill, and there were these authenticating pens, and they would um, draw on the $100 bill, and if it turned a certain color, then it was real, or if it, or if it was, you know, um, fake bill. And I I think, we, I mean, what you're basically saying is we don't want to have a lengthy process for the person who has to authenticate it, right?
1: Correct, correct. And they should know uh, how yes. to do it. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So we are talking about a cash transaction where a decision needs to be made, whether or not you know that, that uh, bill is real or not, and that needs to happen in a matter of seconds. I mean, right. We are talking about you know how uh, that decision-making process affects the businesses, right? Right. So it needs to be quick. Um, it needs to be very easy to see, mm-hmm. uh, which is... Which is a technolo- technological challenge because mm-hmm. if you think about it, um, right now in, in, in our US um, dollar bills, what we have is inks that change. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call them like optically variable inks because they change in color depending on the angle of the, of the of the incident of the light. So we're talking that, about uh, smell's
0: law here uh, Yeah. Like,
1: okay, cool. <laughs> yes. So we have that and but sometimes you know depending on the lighting conditions in the room it can be challenging to see those. You so, need to
0: test for all kinds of light. Yeah,
1: I mean yes. So oh, we geez. are trying to our role, our job, you know, as as, as research scientists looking at the future, you know, technologies. Right. We are trying to solve these type, those type of problems to make the technology more more relevant, more useful in many different conditions and many different scenarios.
0: Well, I, and I mm-hmm. like what you said about like two-thirds of our cash currency is being used abroad, meaning like, because I, I know people are probably listening to this and they're like, well, why are we spending so much time on cash? Nobody uses cash anymore. But you know what? Like, Two thirds of it, people are like outside of our country are using cash. Like that's correct, you know. So and and there are many people that use cash, and it's 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 different in different communities too. Correct. And correct. I mean. My mother, I love her very much, but she uses <laughs> cash all the time, mm-hmm. like all the time. And it's like, it's not even racial or gender. It's like generational. Older people use cash, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's very, and, you know, and younger people use cash because they don't have credit cards. Mm-hmm. So in your, you're in your teens and even early twenties, so it's, mm-hmm. it's very interesting. Yes,
1: yes, and we will keep we will keep manufacturing money yeah. based on demand, and uh, basically the trends, the world trends, uh, show that yeah, the the use of, of cash it's a steady.
0: I mean, it continues growing worldwide, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it's this intersection between economy and like actual human, you know, behavior and correct, um, correct. And, and so, yeah. so you need to figure that out. And, and I like what you just said when you were saying if if it takes too long to authenticate these bills it will hurt that business mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like they will i mean i just i i or if the technology never thought is very about it difficult that. if the technology if,
1: if the user doesn't know what to do with it i yeah. mean they look at the bill but if if, if those security features are, are too complex and they, they don't understand or they cannot intuitively like make a decision about okay what to do with the with the note in right. order to make use of the technology then right. it our our jobs will be yeah. would be worthless. Well, so.
0: it hurts their business, but it also um, it puts them under risk. You know, having all these these fraudulent bills. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's so interesting. <laughs> so, what I, I want to do take a step back, though, mm-hmm. because um, again, you you were one of the keynote speakers here at, at the SACNAS, um Convention here in 2017, and you talked about. A few things you talked about, your background and why you wanted to become a scientist, and also this amazing project you got to be in related to NASA, Mm -hmm. and I want to talk about that.
1: I I would say that since I was a little girl, uh, you know, since I was, you know, growing up, I'd show that, you know, tendency to... Be, be, be more curious and, 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 and excited about, you know, science, science courses. There were special moments that when I think back, uh, moments that really sparked that enthusiasm and that curiosity for for the world around me. Um, so I remember very clearly one, one night where when my father woke me up in the middle of the night because there was a planetary alignment going on <laughs> and he wanted me to see it. And I just remember he w- waking, waking me up, going outside. I can't tell, I don't remember that what I saw, but I remember the excitement that he showed. I remember his face, just, just being so amazed at what, what we were witnessing. And that had a very strong impact on, wow, I, yeah, of having this appreciation and, and, and excitement about, about the universe and, and started to wonder, you know, like what, what else is out there? Mm-hmm. Um, so it started that um, interest for science. It started at a very young age, but I like many other things. So yeah. growing up, I I was a ballet dancer. I, I like dancing. I, I also like performing arts. So Did, never, what kind yeah. of performing
0: arts were you like in musicals and stuff?
1: So I, I used to sing, I have not sung in a long time, <laughs> but in I used public, to sing. right? You probably yes, yes. sing in yeah, your house. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, okay. yeah, in the community <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and, events, you know, in, in, in my community, in my hometown. And, um, so I used to sing and also, yeah,
0: I love acting. I had this revelation very recently, like in the last, you know, nine, 10 years, Basically around when I was having my baby and I was mm-hmm. like, why are we as scientists, not not all of us, but some of us will be like, what, what's the use of a comedian? What's the use mm-hmm. of actors in Hollywood? And it's so vapid and it's so shallow. Mm-hmm. But like, we need that, right? We need to like... Unwind. We need to connect as humans. We need to cry. We need to be happy. Like, if we don't have that, then Mm -hmm. we'll die, Mm -hmm. you know, like in in depression. Mm -hmm. I mean, or just be horribly depressed. I don't know. But anyway, it made me think of that. Yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, so I had all these interests and I, I would say, you know, getting exposed to those other forms of art, like performing arts, I still use those skills. I mean, my first job. Um, so I, I was a high school teacher, chemistry teacher, and I remember just feeling that the the students were you know that audience in 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 the theater. So I I would act, I would be, I, I would just you know immerse myself in mm-hmm. this in this character to try to make the 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 chemistry class, the, the chemistry lectures more 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 exciting and engaging. Uh, more of for like the a students. plot or a story. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So. Um, At the end, yeah, everything worked out. So the the, the more we expose ourselves to diverse experiences, the better. That's my advice, too.
0: Now let's get off the ground and let's do that. And you and you have in, in your bio, and 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 you've spoke about this thing of uh-huh. uh, this this dream to be an astronaut. You really want this, and mm-hmm. and one of the steps towards that goal in your life was to be part of this this project. So I want I'm gonna let you kind of exp- explain this project and like how did that happen?
1: Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so I have always wanted to be an astronaut since I was five years old and it's that type of dreams that never go away. They come, you know, and they go, but they, they, they are always there. They, they, it was, it would linger in my head, like the intensity changes, but it's like still there. The intensity, there. exactly. The intensity okay. would change um, as as I grew up. Then you start like wondering if if you are actually suited for the job, and then you know, uh, m- more doubts, you know, yeah. uh, come to
0: your mind. I, I call those doubts, you know, the evil Martians. Uh, that, oh, really, yeah, I have a name for mine. So I I had read an article <laughs> once about how you know you have anxiety and yeah. you have thoughts for like. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't do that. Or like, um, I'm a hypochondriac. So like my, you know, my side hurts. and I'm like, oh my God, I have cancer or, so, or something uh. like that. And I have, I named that voice because the article told me it's easier to name it and then blame that in person and be like, shut up. And mm-hmm. I, I named her Debbie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Debbie, you shut up. Mm-hmm. Like you, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'll be fine. I yeah. can do this. But anyway, sorry.
1: Yeah. So, um, but it was that that dream was always present. Uh, so I went to grad school. We had, so I witnessed the last shuttle launch. But what did you go to and, grad school for? What was uh, at Cornell? F- at Cornell. And
0: for like material science or? Uh,
1: for materials chemistry. Okay. Yes, for materials chemistry,
0: and I remember feeling
1: so sad, you know, oh, the end of the shuttle program mm-hmm. and all that. But then the year after, NASA was. I mean, I, I, if I am if I am remembering well, yeah, I think it was either that same year. Let's see. Yeah, that same year by by November of 2011. Uh, NASA announced that they were going to open new positions for the astronaut corps program, and I just said, "Okay, I, I at least I need to try this. Mm-hmm. I need to try this." So I was done with my PhD. When I look at the the, the qualifications to apply, I, I I had the minimum qualifications. so I said, "I need to try." So I went ahead and, uh, and submitted my application to the actual, you know, NASA astronaut candidate program. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I said, okay, so I think that in order to increase my, the possibilities of, you know, either being interviewed, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I said to myself, okay, let, let's look at uh, opportunities. Let's look for opportunities to do research applied to space. Mm-hmm. So I started Googling, you know, keywords like nanotechnology because that, that, that's, that's my area of expertise. Nanotechnology, is space. Mars Analog Mission uh, announcement uh, pops up, and I am like, well, okay, what is that? Mars Analog Mission. So when I started reading, so I learned about the Hawaii Space Exploration Analog and Simulation. Mm -hmm. uh, That is a NASA-funded program Mm -hmm. run by the University of Hawaii. And they were recruiting scientists Mm -hmm. to uh, join a crew uh, that would live and work like astronauts, in this habitat, in this geodesic dome located uh, on Manalo Volcano in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So I decided, okay, so let's go and apply. And uh, something that was very interesting from, from the application process is that they stated that the selection was going to be made uh, based on actual uh, current NASA's um, requirements wow. or, or guidelines. So they were looking for astronaut-like individuals. Mm-hmm. And I decided... And like, let me. <laughs> so I, I wish that, yeah. right? So, um, and as part of the application, we also needed to submit a, a, pr- a research proposal because they wanted us to conduct research as astronauts will do in a, uh, in a future mission on, on, on the red planet. Mm-hmm. So based on my background in nanotechnology and textiles, I would submitted this proposal to look at um, antimicrobial coatings on, on, on fabrics, on, the, on different types of garments, to see if we could, um, if if astronauts or the crew during the four month uh, long mission, if the crew could wear uh, the same garment over and over again, you know, for for long periods of time, and, and they wouldn't get gross. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, we were we wanted to look at that. Yeah. We wanted to look at okay, like how these types of garments that have nano coatings, how they are going to perform, you know, in these type of you know um, uh, mission conditions how people are going to feel about the idea of wearing a, the same garment over and, and over again. Will it get itchy? Uh, yeah, exactly, or, or gross, as you said. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I proposed you know, this experiment where we were going to look at different types of, of pieces of clothing, I mean, from socks to T-shirts to uh, towels, different types of textile <sighs> materials. And uh, we designed uh, a, a survey where we were actually looking at a subjective sensory evaluation. So we wanted to see, yes, how these materials, how these textiles were performing, just from a strictly technological standpoint. Uh, but again, it was it's very important, you know, to see people's perception about um, long-term wear of these type of garments, because the reasons for someone to decide. Uh, that they are not going to wear a piece of clothing, those reasons can be, it, they are not always um, related to the performance of of that garment, mm-hmm. some people would just say it just. I think it's dirty, or mm-hmm. it feels dirty, mm-hmm. or I am just bored of wearing the same thing,
0: or I don't like how it doesn't bend, or it does bend, or something.
1: Exactly, like that. exactly. Because over time, you know, as, as as we use the same piece of clothing, uh, yeah, the 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 s- sensory characteristics of the fabric will change. I right. mean, people, people, we are even able to tell if if it feels like moist or it, right. it, sometimes people would say it feels, describe it, that it feels heavy mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm. skin. Quite interesting, very interesting. Yeah. So we, w- we wanted to look at that. So again, it is. this is, a, a, an, a. actually, this was my first project in which I looked at the intersection of material science with human factors.
0: Well, yeah, no, mm-hmm. I mean, a, as you're describing this, it, it's so obvious how this is similar to what you're doing now. Yeah. Yes,
1: and I like sharing this story because then it's like people, ah, oh, okay, I, yeah. I got, now I got it. Yeah. Now I got the, the relationship between your Mars experience and what you are doing at the beautiful and your uh, printing, how, how you got yeah. to, to, the, to the place you, you, you are, you know.
0: What was the most challenging mm-hmm. thing then while you were in this dome, mm-hmm. basically with um, three strangers? You didn't know them before. This uh, we were
1: six. Six crew members. Oh, six. So, okay. I mean, so
0: f- five strangers, five more people with, with mm-hmm. you, and you'd never met them before.
1: Uh, no, I mean, we met. Uh, well, we, we were selected, and then we went um, to do some training. Yeah. So um, it's, it's, it's a it's a habitat that is here in Utah, um, in the Utah desert, uh, and is drawn by the Mars Society. So we went there for two two weeks and trained as that. That was our first time really interacting, you know, in in that type of you know settings i would say that by the end of the third month i started dream i started you know i started to have these dreams about where i would see myself like eating a piece of chicken breast
0: huh.
1: or eating a pork chop and it was just like these very vivid dreams of of just me eating things that were actually, you know, <laughs> uh, like big pieces of chunks of, of, of meat because... Which you were being
0: deprived of.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah. we we had the the ingredients we had, the the foods we had uh, to, to eat. Of course, everything was freeze-dried.
0: Yeah. And I, saw, I saw your pictures of just like basically big plastic tubs of like random, you know, different frozen foods, right? Like, like like what was the onions and like something else Sorry. oh yeah yeah
1: so it basically everything so every single ingredient let's say onions and and mushrooms and peppers everything was freeze dry. Mm-hmm. so we were um we were allowed to use these ingredients and uh, we came up with recipes for mars uh, and actually my mission the main focus of my mission was a food study we were looking at that. New food systems for Mars missions for future Mars missions, and uh, they were looking as well as the acceptability and how our uh, sense of taste and smell mm-hmm.
0: change over the course of the mission of just so, eating dried, um, freeze dried things.
1: Yeah, but okay. but we we had so uh, a lot of people when I told them you know we were eating freeze dried foods they they. The, the the first thing that that comes to their minds is oh my gosh that that must be like super boring and horrible. But you food. rehydrated it with water and and, you had and we would spice it yeah. yeah we would season it so we actually came up with really good meals and recipes that yeah. were really were tasty were very tasty we really enjoyed it we that was one of the best you know uh, times you know like the time when we would come and eat together at the table but i started missing textures mm-hmm. and that was like hmm it, that was interesting you know that 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 hit me that i i realized that what is happening here is that i am me- missing those textures i was eating chicken or, 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 or ground beef that was freeze-dried, and then we would cook it right. in, in the habitat. But, yeah, again, it was it was the same type of, you
0: know, like... Right. <laughs> um, like you, like your, you were missing, over, like, over a, over a fresh apple and, then like, Correct. a chunk of that meat instead of Correct. Correct. it being <laughs> somehow processed. Um, not even that much processing. Free-dried yeah. dried, isn't even that bad, yeah. but... So, besides yeah. like
1: that 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 was, like... I was I would not say that it was challenging, but it was interesting that, that kind of those type of dreams started haunting me by the end of the third <laughs> month. Well and,
0: and you were saying they were vivid. So your your brain yeah. was like, mm-hmm. I really, really want craving this. for it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Really craving for it. Really <sighs> craving for it. Um but I would say that in terms of like the main challenges, one of the main challenges for me was so I mean, I, I was married by then, uh, you know, and so, I mean, my husband has been a strong supporter of all, all these crazy adventures
0: wow. uh, that uh,
1: I have decided to, you know, pursue in my life. Did you um, have any
0: children at the time? No, no,
1: okay. no, we, we we don't. We don't have children, but... That would have been hard. <laughs> yeah. And because we had some some uh, delay in, in, in the communication, right? Like, so we were in this simulation and by, by the end, I think it was the... The third quarter of the of the mission, so the program started applying these uh, like communication delays, where emails were going to take twenty minutes to reach, you know, the, yeah. its destination,
0: right? Its recipient. That's not that bad. but, uh, but it, it, did it did it start to bother you the twenty uh, minutes?
1: No. Yeah. Uh, well, I would say it was. I, I I also started experiencing these like anxiety right like when I I would like write this email to my husband and then I would not hear from him I would not hear back from him in like one hour or so Mm. and you're like what happened uh, exactly and I started just I became very paranoid I I was like oh my gosh maybe he fell you know
0: yeah in the shower oh
1: yeah he might be dead and yeah like <laughs> yeah, the mind you know, start like can yeah. can trick you under under those you know stressful conditions. And then you know when he he would you know uh, email me back, he would say, "But no, I, I went for a run. I was just running, you know." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um So I realized that yeah, that might be a huge challenge, you know, oh, for future yeah. missions on Mars that 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 communication delay and just the fact that you know we are in 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 a setting. In, in mission-like conditions in which your mind is set to think about, okay, we, we are here to meet uh, mission objectives, but mm-hmm. we are here and we need to survive. Mm-hmm. So it's like, a, it's, it's a survival type of, you know, um, mind, uh, mindset. It's a fight or
0: flight um, sense all the time. Correct. So and I that think can that actually mean, yeah. do stuff to your mind. I, I, oh, yeah. th- there's mm-hmm. been studies of if you're always in flight, mm-hmm. it can mm-hmm. seriously mm-hmm. damage mm-hmm. certain mm-hmm. parts of, Correct. Yeah. of you and give you massive wow. anxiety. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, that 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 was challenging. But yeah, by the end of the the month,
0: were there anyone or was there anyone on the mission who did psychology or did a sociology or mm-hmm. or any behavioral human behavior that was on the mission so they could actually tell you about like this is what you're feeling right now and it's textbook.
1: So there there were a few uh, psychological research projects going on. We were human subjects, mm-hmm. right? So we signed up uh, to be part of this crew, right. and uh, we volunteered to be part of these of all these studies. And there were a few psychological-based studies uh, that, that were looking at crew dynamics and crew cohesion under mm-hmm. mission conditions. The second after the I was part of the first high seas mission uh, that was mostly focused on on the food study. But after the first mission, uh, the pro, the program, the high seas program, has been heavily focused on. On research. I right. mean, um, psychology um, research. The human, you know, element of it may be the greatest challenge uh, we will face uh, when we we are ready to send humans to Mars. So yeah. the program is looking at what are those personality traits and not just individual personalities, but group. team group personalities mm-hmm. that will make the best teams you know the teams of people that
0: are not going to end up killing each other well so. i mean i mean there's so many sci-fi movies right Sci-fi yeah. episodes of you know of, of this idea of people mm-hmm. going mad mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. in, in groups there was a study that i make all of my students uh, listen to we do these things called class norms so in mm-hmm. the beginning of every um, quarter we kind of get together the first day and say hey what kind of class would we like um mm-hmm. you know what would what do you expect out of your your classmates so that you could have a good group Mm -hmm. dynamic in these group problems. And I have them listen to an NPR. It's This American Life, but the episode is called Ruining It for the Rest of Us. And it's called, they talk about bad apple behaviors. So like Mm -hmm. there's like the jerk in the group or the slacker in the group or the depressive pessimist. And those are the three kind of traits that this researcher studies. And he found that it wasn't it wasn't the best person in that group that ultimately will tell you how well a group will do. It's the worst person. Mm-hmm. And like the people with the, you know, the actor who was acting like a jerk, a slack or oppressive pessimist actually performed 30 to 40% worse. And mm-hmm. then, than all of the other groups. And it was really, really interesting. And, and, Long story short, the the research also found that there was only one instance in which the bad apple, the jerk, the, the slacker, or the depressive pessimist didn't actually ruin it. <laughs> and it was when somebody was a very good leader in the group. Mm. And it turned out this kid was like um, – son of a diplomat or something Mm -hmm. and he the reason he diffused these things is he just kept on asking questions and he made sure everyone had a voice and because he was there he kind of negated and Mm -hmm. and like well what's the word um evened out that kind of jerk Mm -hmm. behavior and it was Excellent. really, really e- interesting. And so, like, I, the more you talk about this, the more I think about being in a room with five other people. Like, I can't stand my siblings, you know? Like, so, like, <laughs> to a certain point, right? Um, so, and I been, should
1: say, so that people have a, a, a reference, this was a, a 36-foot diameter dome.
0: So, I mean, so that's insane. I mean, <laughs> pe- people advise, you know, couples to live together before they get married because living together is one of the hardest things in the world. Mm. I mean, we know that as humans. Mm. So, I mean, I'm not going to have you call out any of your, your friends, <laughs> but I mean, it must have been hard, you know, so like siblings mm-hmm. yeah. at some point.
1: So I would say, um, yeah, I mean, yes, yes, For it, it was harder for some people than, than others. wanted to share with the audience that when i reflect about the experience because i really i honestly had a lot of fun yeah on mars on pseudo mars i enjoyed the experience uh, to the fullest the first time i saw that habitat i was I, I felt like wow this is like a dream come true and i actually felt like a specimen in a test tube it mm-hmm. was like wow you know i have been working Doing research and science for all these years, and now I am the science that these people are going to be looking at, that they are going to be investigating. So it was a fascinating experience. But the habitat never felt small to me. Never, never, never. My husband, after the mission, when the mission was over, he came to to Hawaii, and we were going to uh, have you know our our Hawaiian vacation after after this you Mars analog it mission. At that point. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, so, but, and I wanted him. I wanted him to see the habitat. So we went, we we hiked and he looked at me and just told me, "Are you crazy? Yeah well, you were able to do this. This is so claustrophobic. yeah. and and I was like, "Really? You know, <laughs> so just different perspectives, you know, uh, when when we look at things. And I think just the fact that I grew up in, for me, my house when I was little was a big house, but I get for I guess for other people, you know, with bigger houses, was a very tiny house and having to share old old spaces because back in back back home in Puerto Rico, you know, in our Latino <laughs> Latino culture, uh, that thing of you know just having your space. That, I mean, we don't have that. That's not a concept that we actually. Comprehend, you know? Yeah. There are, yeah, all spaces are shared, period.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean. my dad's family is mexican-american and my Aww. mom is is chinese but like i remember my mexican-american family just like everyone's in each other's business like if somebody's having a barbecue why aren't we all invited like uh-huh. that seems insane like i heard that you are having somebody over so therefore <laughs> everyone's gonna come over and it's like and it's like everyone's in everyone's business mm-hmm. and i remember um my husband is is very very white and 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 he, I remember he'd come to our house, and like doors would be open when people were going like to the bathroom and showering uh, yeah. and stuff. And he's like, "Why is this happening?" And I'm like, "I don't know." It's like, eh. like it's it's just very yeah. This this notion of kind of like individualism and and having your own space wasn't something I grew up with. Correct, either. correct. I mean, I
1: think you you have articulated very well. It's just these <laughs> contrasts between individualism and interdependence, or you know, and community. Yeah, community is just. Uh, the, different worldviews. So for me, I felt that this was like a 24-hour seven party, you know, people that became my friends. And and I I can tell you, we are still friends after that. I think you'd have to be. Yeah. And something that worked and helped us a lot is that prior to the mission, we consider hypothetical scenarios about how we were going to solve uh, mm-hmm. conflict. Mm-hmm. So there was... I it's mean, like we, a marriage.
0: You yeah. do that in your marriage. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. So we use a lot the art of visualization uh, prior to the mission. So we we will have these conference calls and we would come up with, okay, different scenarios or, or potential conflicts. Mm-hmm. And um, we would have these discussions about how we were going to solve it. Mm-hmm. And so a, lo- a lot of them also did a lot of research about it and, and read, you know, Books on how you know how people used to solve conflict you know in these type of you know extreme expeditions to Antarctica and, uh-huh. and things like that so I think visualization helped helped a lot to help us prepare for for anticipated challenges so and that that was a key yeah. for mission success i I would say
0: and I like mm-hmm. your what you're saying about visualization because you're also basically saying you committed right mm-hmm. like we're committing that we're going to do this we're correct not, we're not saying correct. that like, you know, I said I was going to do this, mm-hmm. so therefore I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and, exactly. And yeah. um, I, I like this also when you are saying that your upbringing kind of helped you deal with this. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm guessing NASA and this program really do look for people that – kind of have those skills. I mean, my daughter's an only child and I know other only children and it's very hard for them to like, kind of share that attention and share certain spaces. And sometimes it's easy. It just depends. You know what I mean? So like, I I feel like, I mean, we all bring something, you know, and and I do want to also add when you were saying there is a difference between individualism and community but also in my family i don't want to say that it's perfect when we're all in each other's mm-hmm. business it's all, not only because we want to make sure we can help each other sometimes it's just sheer selfishness and or like we want to actually <laughs> yeah. know what the other person is doing sometimes it's gossip <laughs> but but in the end that gossip can maybe f- help you figure out oh that person need help now so i can actually help yeah. them yeah. Yeah. but it's yeah i don't i don't want to say one thing is better yeah. than the other it's just yeah. sometimes a skill can help, and again, it's it's a
1: matter of you know, it's
0: uh, the fact that we were
1: in in this simulation. I mean, living a simulation or, or being part of these Mars analog missions requires you to proactively set or or, or develop a mindset that yes, you are on Mars. So I, we we needed to tell ourselves yes, we are on Mars, right? And we depend on each other uh, for mission success and for survival. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the fact that the, our roles were so well defined, we understood our role um, in, during the mission. We understood what we needed to do in order to succeed, in order to survive. Uh, we understood how we depend on, on, on one another. That mindset, I think, it's, it's powerful and mm-hmm. makes things. Um, yeah, uh, we, yeah, we yeah we 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 were able to work together, and that that's part of the the things that I after the mission I reflected and. Um, you know, the, the fact that that habitat was so small, it was like a micro, you know, we have a micro community there. We were right. we're the only people we were seeing for, for six months. So we build community. And in that micro habitat, um, our role was was very well. Under, we understood our role. But as uh-huh. we move to a larger habitat like, you know, Earth, then we, we lose perspective we mm-hmm. lose better perspective uh, about the, our role in the grand scheme of things even the fact that in the habitat you know we are in these uh, like survival kind of mode and we needed to be very considerate and very careful in the way we were using water and life support resources so resources were limited water was limited food is limited and so we were very conscious, right, on how we were using all these resources, mm-hmm. but then we escaped that pseudo Mars and then uh, entered Earth and start, started started you in know, our lives here on Earth, and you just you just forget about it now.
0: You fall back things, into it very easily.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. just um, now things are in abundance, and you just get this false sense of safety mm-hmm. that I don't I don't think we necessarily have. Sure, I mean things. We have more things on Earth that astronauts will will, will have, you know, on a few, on Mars, mm-hmm. but our resources are limited, yeah. and we are we live in a habitat. I mean, we the Earth is a is a habitat; is our island home in the universe. And just thinking about that, thinking about you know, if I could apply the same lessons. That um, I learn on Mars here on Earth. Um, I wonder, you know, what, what, what this world, you know, would be like, you know?
0: I, I was thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just easy to forget. It's easy to forget. Yeah, um, my mom works for Delta, so she got us bumped up to first class. And I was just like, this is so... It's so... Like, I was... I've just gotten to a point in my life that I'm, <laughs> like, financially okay. It was, like, I'm 36, and this is, like, the first like this happened five months ago you know like I'm finally at a point where I feel okay and I'm like driving down the street and I'm like going to the grocery store and getting what I want and I was Mm -hmm. like it's so easy to forget what it was like to not be able to do that to not be able to get what you want and to not be able to drive a car that Mm -hmm. like doesn't squeak and you know it actually works well and to get gas and not have to worry and it's so easy to like go into complacency correct Correct. and is and yes. that's kind of I think what you're saying we're so it's because we have so much it's we forgot what it was like to not have that mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly so uh it was it was quite interesting so I always ask my, my guests, always the same thing when we, when we end and it's, um, so two things and you can, it depends on whatever you want to answer first. One, what kind of way does your field get represented in, in pop culture and like movies and TVs and it are, are, is your field, your science, what you want to do in life represented well? Is it not represented well? And then the other thing I want to ask is like, now what is your next step? Like now, you, I mean, you've done this, you're working for engraving and printing, and for the government, but like, how how are you going to keep on going and be that astronaut? So either one of those is fine. Okay, excellent. <laughs> so, um, as
1: as a nanoscientist, I I am very aware of you know the the. the the ways the general public may perceive nano nano stuff nano, like Ant Man the
0: movie
1: yeah or the <laughs> nano robots or you know like people have asked me I mean are you talking about you know techniques that where uh, where we will a- be able to miniaturize people so that they you know can be injected you know in the in the blo- blood of people be- you know right right like all those movies of, yes. oh, because of all those movies that yeah. we watched when we were little and you know we are not we are not there quite yet. Uh, <laughs> A very
0: diplomatic way to say that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I would say um, a lot needs to be done in order to um, educate the public of the benefits of the benefits of, of of this of this field of research. You know, the the benefits of nanomaterials. Also, our responsibility. You know, social responsibility to make materials that yes will have a good impact in society, but that our responsibility to 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 do it right so that you know we 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 bring solutions to the problem and not create you know more, more problems. problems more <laughs> problems so and regarding you know what i what is next um space has been my calling uh, it's my lifelong passion i i think at some point you know like i will I will I will be transitioning again, re- reinventing you know myself to to a career that is more aligned with with that with that passion of for, for space. I am Doctor Yes. I mean, uh, we have you know the, our yes. Virgin Galactic, you know the, the Virgin Galactic CEO uh, Richard Branson, the, the entrepreneur. Right. Uh, he he calls himself Doctor Yes, but yeah, I I am I am the female version of that. It's, I don't
0: think he has a PhD though. So. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> so you're yeah. a most- <laughs> <laughs> more accurate doctor yes but
1: okay. yeah 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 there, there is one one of my favorite quotes is you know if, if if someone offers you uh an opportunity to do something and you aren't you, and you don't know if you are able if you will be able to do it just say yes and learn how to do it you know after you know after you, know, after you said yes yeah. so you say yes so um i take yep. that to heart and I, I i i am open i am open to the opportunities that you know may come yeah so let's
0: see mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you for talking to me. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you are, like, will, um, urging to say or to share? Well, I think we... we, we... Cover pretty much i did some amount of research so not a lot but i want to thank you for talking to me and and you're really inspirational and you're so like positive i'm like you know a a sarcastic you know person so it's very hard for me for me to be positive all the time but i i I really i mean i i mean i look up to you you're you're just so so awesome and positive and you know you are doing wonderful things oh yeah. yeah thank you you are you are I'm going to shake your hand like an adult. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for listening to Spark Science. If you missed any of the show, go to our website, sparksciencenow.com. If there's a science idea you're curious about, send us a message on Twitter or Facebook at Spark Science Now. Spark Science is produced in collaboration with KMRE Spark Radio and Western Washington University. Our producer is Regina Barbara DeGraff. Our audio engineers are Natalie Moore, Andrew Norden, and Tori Hiley. Our theme music is Chemical Calisthenics by Black Licious and Wonderland by Janelle Monet. Lead, gold, tin, iron, platinum, zinc, when I rap you think, iodine, nitrate, activate, right uranium. the only difference is I transmit sound, balance, whistle, balance, then you add a little talent in, careful, careful with those ingredients, they can explode and blow up if you drop them and they hit the ground.